Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Last Drinks Podcast. I hope that you're loving um, the episodes that I'm releasing at the moment. Um, You probably notice there's a bit of a pattern. There's a bit of a trend. Each week I record an episode about something that I found really important for my sobriety. And then also each week there is an interview with a guest. So I'm going to keep that kind of flow of episodes coming at you hard and fast um, because there's so many great chats that I'm recording And there's also so much information and there's so much wisdom that I have to share from my almost eight years of sobriety. So I hope that you're enjoying dabbling in, you know, some pretty meaty topics and also hearing other people's stories of their last drinks. So this week's episode is centered around one focal point that I kind of only had an epiphany about the other day. So let me just backtrack a little bit. Since I've stopped drinking alcohol, I have had so many benefits. There's compound benefits and it doesn't all happen at once. In fact, I found it quite tricky when I first stopped drinking. And when I stopped drinking, I just did it for 31 days in January of 2015. That was it. I was like, I'm going to be sober for 31 days in January and see how that looks on me, see how I feel, see what presents itself in the mirror after a certain period of time away from alcohol. Now, during that first month, there were really tricky times. Like the first few days, there were moments where all I was doing was thinking about not drinking. Like, I'm not going to drink today. Okay, that's it. Remember, you're sober for this month. You're not drinking today. And so this feedback loop in my brain, and I am a chronic overthinker. My metacognition is on another level. So metacognition, that is such a nerdy thing for me to say. And let me just explain. So I, aside from all the bits and pieces that I do, like a radio show and record podcasts and my most important and favorite job of being a mum. I actually started studying a Bachelor of Psychological Sciences. Um, This is before I went back to work full time. So I was studying psych thinking I'll spend a few years getting a psych degree, not to be a clinical psychologist, but just to try and understand why smart people make crap choices. Me being exhibit A, I'm a really intelligent person and I developed an alcohol dependency And I made some really dumb choices. And I think out of everything I went through during that dependency, I want to now understand 
why I made those choices, how my brain works, what are neural pathways. And so I've decided to study psychology. It's on hold at the moment just because there's a lot on my plate and I don't want to burn out. But one of the things that I really loved studying when I was studying a few months ago is um, I loved studying the topics about the brain. And I'm actually going to invite a neuroscientist onto the podcast in a few episodes time to help unpack what actually happens in our brain when we use alcohol. When you take a sip of alcohol, there's a whole lot of psychological things that happen, physiological things that happen, emotional things that happen. And it all really starts in our brain. And so I want to dig in with a neuroscientist who can help explain what is going on in our brains when alcohol is introduced into our systems. But back to metacognition, which is my nerdy word from my psych degree, metacognition is the ability to think about your thoughts. So you have thoughts, and for somebody like me who's a chronic overthinker, I have a lot of thoughts, and sometimes I can get stuck in thought loops. And so one little hack that I learned is to try and get me out of like a negative feedback loop in my brain on something that I might be catastrophizing that is probably never, ever going to happen, but I just play it over and over again in my head, like a made-up scenario. I've learned to sort of stop thinking about that made-up scenario and think about the thoughts that I'm having And then ask myself some questions about the thoughts. And the number one question is, well, is it true? And most of the time, that metacognition, that ability to think about my thinking, hacks that whole feedback loop scenario. Because when I ask myself if my thoughts are true, usually they're not grounded in any sort of truth. It's just made up crap in my head causing me anxiety. So metacognition is one of those words. I will probably mention it a lot in the podcast because it's something that I recently learned and was able to identify that I do as a skill. And in the same way that metacognition is something that I'm, you know, passionate about learning more about and um, sharing with people. So hopefully that is helpful for somebody listening, the ability to try and be, to be able to think about your thoughts Something else that I recently learned about my sobriety. Now, I know that there are a whole bunch of people listening that when I say self-care, you're like, yes, and amen, sister. Like if you Google self-care practices, there are millions and millions and millions of articles. There are self-care practitioners. There are courses. There are YouTube channels. There are apps. And self-care is like this umbrella term that we, I think, in this modern day society, this high functioning, very busy, very active society, self-care is this practice where we do something for ourselves to fill up our own cup so that we can be the best version of ourselves in our situation. So there's no point showing up if you are burnt out because you're not going to be good for anyone or anything. And so the self-care, big umbrella term, can cover so many things and can mean a lot to different people. So stress relief activities, meditation, exercise, fitness retreats, detoxes, 
diet camps, um, wellness seminars. There are just a few self-care practices that people can tap into to give themselves a little bit of care, self-care. Other things you can do, you know, if you're in my situation where you work full-time and you have a family that you're raising and time really isn't your best friend, you kind of always feel like you're running out the door and forgetting your keys, self-care can actually be just sitting in your car for five minutes and breathing and just giving yourself a moment to recalibrate and to just sit. Or it could be taking a bit of time in the morning to journal and just to unpack some of your feelings, write out what's going on for you, and then you can get on with the day. I feel like there's so many things that can get our attention and squeezing self-care in can be really tricky sometimes. I have found it really tricky um, since I've been back at work for the last sort of two years. Self-care is so hard for me because I hate asking for help. (laughs) And usually when you're in a marriage or a partnership and there are kids involved, you know, asking for help and raising my hand and going, hey, I just need, can I have just 40 minutes to go and get a coffee and sit on the beach? You know, that is so hard for me to do. But when I do it, I feel like I come back and I'm just such a better mum and I'm just so much more prepared for the day and I just feel like I'm so much more present and I'm not swimming up in my head with all of these irrational thoughts. Self-care for me is a it's a myriad of things and I I kind of have this like self-care toolkit and I know when I need to pick one of those tools and apply it to give myself a little bit of time and a little bit of care and a little bit of love. So here's the point. This is why I'm talking about self-care so much. And it's something for you to think about in your own life. What self-care practices have you got going on for you right now? Maybe it's a date night, you know, a bit of relationship maintenance. Relationship maintenance is a bit of self-care. You know, we have to self-regulate, but we also, if we're in relationship with someone, you've got to regulate with each other, co-regulation. And so a date night can be, you know, relationship management. And that's a really positive thing because if your relationship is intact, that's going to help you function out of a, a better place, a healthier space. So I know that there are so many things that we can do um, to exercise self-care. You know, I think at the top of my list is, yeah, a holiday. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Like a European vacation for three months. That's my ultimate self-care, but absolutely not realistic with a three-year-old and a mortgage um, and, you know, only a handful of weeks of annual leave every year. So the Euro vacay, you know, that might come down the track. And so from that sort of top level, you know, fantasy self-care, we can really, you can nut it down to something really practical and something that's within your grasp. My self-care the other day, I sat on my back deck because I knew the boys were out. My husband and my son were out and I knew that they were going to be about another 30 minutes. And I got home and my house was empty and I boiled the kettle. I made a chamomile tea. And we have one of those temperature kettles, you know, that you can see how hot the water is, how boiled the boiling water is getting. So I like Flicked it off at 85 degrees because I was like, I don't want this water to boil and then I have to spend 20 minutes waiting for it to cool down and then I'm going to run out of time. So I'm like, 
I flicked it off at 85 degrees. I pour the water in the cup and I went and sat on my back deck and the sun was just shining and I sat and I had a cup of tea and I had probably 20 minutes of just nothing. And I knew there was a load of washing to be done. I knew that I could have vacuumed the floors. I could have put my clothes away. I could have charged my laptop. I could have sat on social media. I could have started brainstorming podcast ideas, but I didn't. And I just sat with my cup of tea. I promise you, I did not feel guilty for one second. And I just sat and that was it. And that was my self-care and it felt so good. And then my son runs through the door and jumps on me and gives me the biggest cuddle and is like, hi, mommy. And I'm like, hi, self-care moment done. But God, I feel good. How are you, buddy? How was swimming lessons? So it doesn't have to always involve spending money or hours of time or, you know, big European vacations, even though those things are lovely and there's nothing wrong with them. It can just be finding that just tiny moment and taking it for yourself. And that is not selfish. That is self-care. Looking after yourself is your responsibility. Now, you're probably listening to this going, okay, I'm listening to Last Drink's podcast, which is a conversation about living an awesome life without alcohol. And Maz, you have not talked about sobriety yet. Here is the bit. This is what stitches this whole episode together. Are you ready? Sobriety is self-care. Choosing not to put poison in your body. Choosing not to drink because you feel like you deserve it. Choosing not to lose yourself because you can't deal with the sum total of your choices, which is the life that you're faced with, drinking because life is tricky or a day has been long or your kids are driving you mad or you hate your job or your hair or your clothes or your nails or whatever, choosing not to drink alcohol is self-care in itself, full stop. It is the tool because if you decide to not drink alcohol, so many wonderful things happen to you. And they don't just happen the second you stop drinking. Some of them do, the physiological benefits. They definitely, you know, over time, your skin gets clear. You might lose a little bit of weight. You'll start sleeping better. So you look fresher. Your skin will glow. You might change your eating habits because you're not smashing wedges and sour cream with sweet chili sauce. Oh, my God, that's such a 90s reference. But, you know, you're not smashing hot chips and pizzas because you've had 10,000 wines and you need the greasy food to suck up all the alcohol. You're going to maybe make better eating choices. You're getting more sleep. You're going to be better rested. You're making better choices. Like, And then one day you might wake up and you just feel like a light switch went on and you have clarity of thought you're way more productive with your time, you might be more creative, you might have the ability to learn a new skill, a hobby, a brand new habit that might launch a business. You just enter into this realm of life 
that you can't comprehend when you are not your sober self. And that is the reason why sobriety is the ultimate in self-care. The compound benefits of not drinking are the definition of self-care. So if you are considering taking some time away from alcohol, put it under your self-care banner. Put it under your self-care list that you're writing out as the number one thing that you can do because sobriety is not a fleeting five-minute moment. Sobriety isn't $60 an hour. Sobriety is the best chance that you have of being your best self, which is the definition of self-care. So I only recently had this epiphany and this huge revelation that eight years ago, when I took my last drink, I exercised the most profound statement of self-care I had ever chosen in my life. And I had done all of the things. So I encourage you and urge you to look at your sober curiosity as self-care curiosity. And if you want to make a positive choice for your own life, it can start with sobriety, which in its whole essence is the best self-care strategy I can offer you. Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.